his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Time to rewind. It's the Chris and Amy Rewind Recap. Amy, we started the show with the news that uh, former President Donald Trump has been ruled by the Supreme Court in Colorado that he cannot be on the ballot based on Amendment 14, Section 3, which basically says an officer of the United States cannot... um, join in or be a part of any rebellion. So what this means is we're going to have to look forward to what the Supreme Court, the United States Supreme Court, decides to do with this because they could overturn it. If they don't overturn it, it will open the door for this to happen in multiple states around the country. Not sure how far it will go, but as we talked, the the issue for me is, um, like I said, I, I don't particularly want him to be president again. I don't think he's fit for it. I think all of his actions um, over the last several years indicate that he should not be our president. But from a legal perspective, I don't know how comfortable I am with this. Again, not a lawyer. I don't know. Maybe this is the right thing. Maybe the Supreme Court in Colorado did get it right. I don't know. But I do think that the political ramifications of this could be wide-reaching. I'm not sure it's a good thing. I I don't really know here, and I wish I had a definitive take on this, but I don't have one. You're probably not going to have one because the highest, most experienced legal experts, including Supreme Courts, state Supreme Courts, they don't know. I mean, the Colorado Supreme Court acknowledged, yeah, this is uh, unchartered territory. We are interpreting the law as we see fit. It will, We'll have to wait and see what the Supreme Court of the United States says. I think the two biggest questions, as we talked about earlier, are, one, is the office of the president, is that an officer of the United States? Because the Section 3 of the 14th Amendment alludes specifically to different positions, including officer of the United States. It doesn't say presidency. So is the presidency excluded? That would be odd. It would be odd if the framers of this amendment said, we want to exclude everyone in the country who is engaged in insurrection or rebellion, except for the most powerful person in the country in the office of the president. So that would be odd, but language matters. The second question is, Can the court decide that former President Trump basically engaged in insurrectional rebellion if he hasn't been convicted of 
insurrection or rebellion, and he hasn't even been charged with that because special counsel Jack Smith has charged him with several counts that are similar to a type of rebellion or insurrection, conspiracy to defraud the U.S., conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, and so forth. So I'm not sure. Those are the two questions. Regarding feeling comfortable, I think I... I think I would feel comfortable, and perhaps this is just in the moment, but primarily because of January 6th. People were storming the Capitol. Congress, our our legislators, had to hide. Police officers were being beaten. The building was being uh, defaced and broken. You would have to make the tie, the connection, right, that Trump incited that riot or rebellion or obstruction of justice in that moment. Yeah, you you would have to make that connection. But I do think everything hinges on the actions on January 6th. It, well, I, and I agree with you because... He was I, the commander-in-chief. Well, in yeah, that I mean, he moment, was, he, he did he was, nothing. He, well, he was... No, he didn't do anything to stop it, and he was very clearly egging it on. He, he right. did. He just did. And I, I want to... He did nothing to stop it, I mean, when I say he did nothing. Correct. Yeah. And he had advisors, mm-hmm. his people texting him and telling him, hey, you have uh, Lindsey Graham, you have senators saying you have to make this stop. You have to tell them to go home. And and he didn't want to. So he just didn't want to do it. Here, Here's my question for but, Greg's. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. What I was going to say in that moment was on that day, as that was going on, as we're watching the news and we're seeing the video of people storming that Capitol mm-hmm. building, had this happened right around then, I'm not sure many people would have objected because it was pretty right. obvious in the moment something drastic had to be done. Well, right. But yeah. you let politics take hold for a couple of years. You let the narratives change for a couple of years and you bring us to this. The narratives changed in a couple of weeks, a couple of days. There were 24 hours they could have done an accelerated impeachment that you're allowed to do that. And even some of the staunchest Trump reporter, Trump supporters now in the House, like Kevin McCarthy, who's getting out, but they criticized him in that moment. moment. The momentum was there. And then politics works its way in and that momentum dissipates. Here's my question, though. Let's say the Supreme Court lets it stand. That would be a default a default concurrence, you know, basically agreeing with it. So then other states can take action. But then how does that not mean that that's the Supreme Court's decision? Ultimately, if Trump were to win somehow... If he were to win the presidency, but they let this Colorado decision stand, if someone brings this case to the Supreme Court and said, well, Trump shouldn't even been on the ballot, wouldn't the Supreme Court have to say, yeah, that's an illegitimate victory? I don't I, well, understand ask, the we, consequences of that. When we have Greg Store on, um, and who is a Supreme Court reporter, he will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. So just after the 1230 news, we'll get his take on it. I have a, I have a question about that. I have a question about the Amnesty Act, which had been... I mean, the reason the Amnesty Act was even uh, brought about was because they allowed many Confederates to go right back into government. And it was part of what Ulysses Grant wanted, because I think it was at the time it was sort of a let's let's just try and, and heal and move past what happened. 
so a lot of those people were allowed back in government. I wonder if if the Amnesty Act will play any part here. My guess is no, but I don't really know the answer to that question. It's it's just a, it's a very interesting case, and again, we will talk to um, Greg Store about that. We did talk to Justin Crow, who is a um, he is a political scientist. He's an expert in the Constitution and in the Supreme Court about this. There's going to be a, a, a case here. I think the the strongest objection, perhaps, to this on a, on a legal level is whether that that clause in the 14th Amendment requires some sort of independent criminal conviction um, to determine that someone actually has been engaged in an insurrection. Yeah, and he's talking about if the Department of Justice or Congress itself had determined that there was a, a you know, I, I guess a crime committed, which they have not done, but they may not need to. So, again, we will uh, talk more about that coming up at the bottom of the hour. We did also um, discuss what it means when you're drunk. <laughs> the definition. And there are people, Amy, who just just think that the story you told earlier about having a couple of glasses of whiskey. Wait, that well, you absolutely- no, the one, the one where I had one. I was saying I had one when I felt it. I said I can hold my bourbon. I'm talking about the time when I said I'm not going to have a second one because I didn't eat enough or whatever. Well, you said this texter says three ounces of whiskey in a short time. I bet she would blow a 1.0 at least. I don't know because I one, I've never driven drunk and I guess when I've had the bourbon, I'm either at home or with someone well, else. I don't know. I've never like driven, so I've never I think he blown. means a, I think he means a point one because a, one would be dead. Yeah, one would be dead. <laughs> One would be 100% alcohol. <laughs> you are you are the the bourbon it's, wouldn't even blow a 1.0. 1.0? You're all booze. Yeah. I got a couple friends like that. This texter says, "I think I agree with Amy. Oxford definition of drunk affected by alcohol to the extent of losing control of one's faculties or behavior." Thank That's you. That's from Big Blonde Dan. Big Blonde Dan, thank you. Right because otherwise you're either there. That means there's no in between stage of no alcohol or not feeling any alcohol and drunk. Like there's no in between stage. You go from totally normal to drunk. That doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. I think there, there's. Uh, I gave you the levels of drunk, tipsy, buzzed, buzzed, intoxicated, which is dead center drunk. Then there's brownout and then blackout. I think before tipsy, there's a oh, I can feel it. That's mm. the stage before tipsy. Because there's yet. no tipsying going on. It's like, honestly, this is how... Co- I, I don't know that Steve would let me do this. I would be absolutely fine having two bourbons if, as long as I had breakfast. I don't want to do it on an empty stomach. Well, yeah, of I could have not. two. I could eat breakfast, have two bourbons, and do this show, and nobody would be able to tell the difference. It might be illegal, but we could talk to Steve about it. What if we told them afterwards? Then they can't prove it. Oh, great call. Right? Yeah. I'll say it. In Ask one, for forgiveness one later. One of the days in the next, you know, two weeks or whatever of shows, we could say, Amy will have two bourbons before the show, and you have to guess which show it was. <laughs> That's really funny. Because guess guess who's always accused of laughing too much anyway? Who? You? That's right. Yeah, please stop. We also, if you've seen the Jay and Silent Bob movies or Clerks yeah. or Dogma or Mall Rats, Jay of Jay and Silent Bob joined us. And the interview is on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. So are all the podcast of all of our shows, everything we do. If you miss anything, Odyssey app, KMOX.com. But if you download that app, you can listen to us wherever you are 
for free. Cardinals baseball, too. You can listen for free. Um, we are on 98.7 oh. FM, 1120 AM. We also buried the lead. What? We opened the show with one of the more upsetting... Uh, oh, developments. Developments, thank you. One of the more upsetting... See, and I didn't even have bourbon today. People mm. were like, that was the day. <laughs> um, one of the more upsetting developments of the year, and that is Chris Ranji being nominated for our Positivity Award. Yes, this includes the entire company. And I just need to show the you the... St. Louis Odyssey, not nationwide. six stations plus all the sales and management. Yeah. Yeah. So you may think, what is the Positivity Award? Well, that's a great question. Here's what they think Chris Ranji exhibits. <laughs> Quote, he leads with courageous brightness. And the courageous, mm-hmm. by the way, is italicized. Mm-hmm. He demonstrates... Positive reinforcement and kindness by default. First of all, none of that is true. Second of all, I like that in this list you're a finaltist. A finaltist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that it was a typo. <laughs> my name is my nomination is not though. Yeah. And I don't really see I don't understand your objection. I think everybody understands my objection. That's what's ironic. No. Anyway. Very well deserved on my part, and I can't wait to win. That's like the Pope winning the Best Protestant Award. Texter would like to know, Amy, how you can say you handle your bourbon well if you barely drink. If Well, I can have two or three. I've said that. Isn't that pretty good? <laughs> no. <laughs> two or three bourbons? I bet I'm way better than you. Because no. I don't... Oh, okay. Two or three bourbons. All right. We'll, we're going to do this. Yeah, prove We're going to do a show where both Ron and I have two bourbons before the show. We won't tell you which one, and you have to see who handles it better. That's Amy Marks Coors drunk. I'm Chris Ranji on KMOX. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mark Scores and Chris Ranji. You won't hear this back on lo- KEZK. No, back in the lounge having a couple of bourbons. This is KMOX, your Christmas lounge for cozy, jazzy Christmas. Do you know what it sounds like? The Christmas music we have on KMOX sounds like when you go to YouTube and they have a 
uh, Christmas scene, like, oh, smooth jazz Christmas music from inside the bedroom looking out the window mm-hmm. at the snow falling. And they have like a million of those, and then it's just 10 hours of music on a loop. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like that, or when regular programming, we'll even say on Hallmark, cuts to Hallmark doing a commercial for itself where it's fake snow in a fireplace, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. and it just says, from all of us at Hallmark, we wish you and your family a Merry Christmas. Texter to 314436 says, Missouri Highway Patrol says buzzed driving is, is drunk, drunk driving. driving. I know you were all not talking about drinking and driving because obviously we don't, um, but just wanted to point out what the Missouri Highway Patrol that they don't see a difference between the two. And I think that's what's factoring into so, my definition. Yeah, and what's factoring into mine is if I say, okay, I've had one bourbon, I didn't eat enough, I can start to feel like, feel, I don't, you know, whatever that feeling is where it's a little bit of, to me it mainly just feels like a little bit of Drunk. pressure. Yeah. And then I'm like, I don't like this. And I'm like, I'm that's it, I'm ha- I'm done with one. And yeah, I mean, that that's it. And I only get it if I don't, eat, obviously, which is the dumbest thing you can do before you drink. So it's not like it happens a lot. But we were talking to our friends and one of them is a pilot. And he, I go, what can you have if 0.08 is the drinking and driving, what's flying? You know, and I think it's just zero, 0. 0.0. And the the rule of thumb, which is not that long, but for certain airlines or jets, whatever, you ha- it has to be at least... 12 hours from your last drink, which would not be terribly hard to do. If you have a drink at seven at night, you'll be done by, you know, eight, nine in the morning. However, he said that it's so, so careful when you're a pilot that I brought up the mouthwash because Listerine has alcohol in it. Yeah. If you swish it around your mouth, if you do take a breathalyzer, it can sometimes interpret that as a, you know, as, as having been drinking. That's wild, man. Um, I would be so freaked out, like the poppy seeds in Seinfeld when when it looked like Elaine had been taking drugs because she was eating. Oh, the poppy muffins, seeds. Mm-hmm. the poppy seed muffins. Yeah, she was trying to take a drug test for a. That's a the type trip. of thing I would like yeah. go to jail for when I didn't mean to. I use scope because I've got an interview as a pilot. I'm so excited. I wash, I brush my teeth. I use mouthwash as something special, so I'm extra extra fresh. <laughs> I do the interview and then they do the breathalyzer, and she's drunk. She's going to jail. I don't know if you were following this story, uh, Amy. I don't know if you guys talked about it yesterday. Mm-hmm. But this thing that happened at Bar PM, yeah. a South City bar, where a police cruiser at 1230 in the morning on Monday was driving at what looked to be a pretty high rate of speed, yeah. suddenly veers off to the left and slams right into a bar, uh, which was Bar PM. The story is that... Obviously, when something like that happens, other police show up and the guy gets out of the car, allegedly, and the owner of the bar comes down because it's right at closing time. Mm -hmm. And then somehow the owner of the bar ends up in handcuffs and arrested and taken back to the station. He's charged with a felony at first for assaulting a police officer when people on the scene said that's not what happened. And allegedly there is video that corroborates what the witnesses say about this. 
But this story is absolutely nuts, and it's gotten attention around yeah. the country. I saw it on NBC National N- News. NBC News, um, the Associated Press, the Daily Mail, People Magazine. Um, all of these places have covered this story. What in the hell is going on here? Because what it's and, – and again, we've reached out to the police department. Um, they're, they're, Michael Calhoun did a nice piece on this story as well, which I – I, I don't understand the instinct, and this is what it sounds like to me, and I could be proven wrong here, but what it sounds like to me is that the police involved mm-hmm. immediately wanted to protect this guy who slammed into the building, and and they rally around him, and then somehow the bar owner gets arrested when the bar owner, well, unless he literally shoved the cop, but the witnesses say he did not, I understand being upset if you come downstairs and you own this bar and you live above it and you're wondering what the hell are you doing why did you smash it into my business well once you once you are untruthful in one aspect of your story it a it it causes people to distrust all aspects of your story Correct. or other key points and here's the thing initial reporting suggested that the officer had said well he swerved to avoid hitting a dog in the road because you can see the video he's driving very very fast but and then he later, then did, the video is released yes. and there's no dog so the police department then corrected and elaborated and said actually he was trying to overcorrect he was overcorrecting while trying to avoid a parked car. Well, that's that line, two very different things. And that's what the video shows, that he was trying to overcorrect. But here's the thing. From the moment you lie about the dog, people are going to be rightfully suspicious from uh, uh, about everything else you say regarding that story. So now they're going, well, wait a minute. So did the bar owner really shove you? And there was also a video or uh, reported that you could hear him say nobody yells at me. If you yell at me, you're going to be arrested. Which, that's not how that works. And and I'll say this. This just seems like a thing that's going to cost the city a lot of money. This is now going to cost the city of St. Louis a lot of money in a lawsuit because a guy was wrongfully arrested. Hmm. So, way to go, guys. <laughs> way to go. Just it, It's just astounding stuff. For more reporting on it, the newsroom will take care of it. KMOX.com if you want to read up on it. That's Amy Marks Cores, I'm Chris Ranji. This is KMOX. Chris and Amy on KMOX. Amy Marks Cores and Chris Ranji. What? That's right. That's you. That's us. That's kind of like I do like Steve Kafin. He always goes, I'm Steve Kafin. Just to make sure. <laughs> Just to make sure. He knows and you know as well. Uh, we've been following the story of former President Donald Trump, who it was ruled that he cannot appear on the 2024 ballot. Um, by the Supreme Court of Colorado. What does it mean moving forward? Well, to discuss that with us, it is Supreme Court reporter for Bloomberg News, Greg Store, also a St. Louis native. And Greg is with us on KMOX on the Quiver River Electric guest line. Good afternoon, Greg. Hi, Chris. Good to be on with you. It's good to have you with us. So uh, just give us your read on, on what the ruling was. Well, huge ruling. Uh, you know, everybody's been wondering, will a court, in particular a state Supreme Court, say Donald Trump cannot appear on the ballot because he engaged in insurrection? And a, a, a state Supreme Court finally did that. And uh, what that means is that Donald Trump's going to turn to the U.S. Supreme Court. Very likely the Supreme Court will agree to take it up, and it will decide whether Donald Trump effectively can be a candidate for election next year. What does that mean, then, if the Supreme Court lets this stand? 
And what I mean by that is, isn't that somehow tacit agreement that the Colorado's ruling was correct? So therefore, if anybody were to bring this case before the Supreme Court and say, hey, Donald Trump's ineligible in across all 50 states, the Supreme Court would have to say yes. Well, in general, when the Supreme Court says, no, we're not going to take that appeal, you're right. It doesn't mean any, or, well, I'm sorry, it, it doesn't mean anything. Uh, the, the, the court uh, isn't pronouncing on the merits of the lower court ruling. It can't take everything. That said, I think you're right if the court were to say, we're not going to uh, take up the Colorado Supreme Court ruling. It would at least suggest that they're not, uh, you know, all, all that concerned about it. But, you know, my, my expectation here is that the Supreme Court understands what's going on. Uh, they know that uh, if one state Supreme Court says he can't be on the ballot, others can as well. It's an issue that needs to be decided, uh, and the sooner it gets decided, uh, probably the better for everybody so we can all then adjust to whatever comes next. I, I'm sorry. I think I mean like if the Supreme Court were to say to take it up and say, yes, he's ineligible, that's no longer a state thing, state by state. That's across the country because that's yeah. the Constitution. It's, it's over. Yes, I'm sorry if I misunderstood you. Yes, that's exactly right. This is really a federal constitutional issue. There are some smaller state law issues in there as well about whether the Colorado Election Code lets lets uh, the state courts consider a claim like this. But mostly this is a federal constitutional issue. Uh, you know, did does the, the insurrection clause of the Constitution apply to the president? Did Donald Trump engage in, in insurrection? Those are questions that are nationwide. This will be... It- Obviously fascinating, one of the more fascinating Supreme Court uh, decisions if they they finally do make it, and and consequential. And one that was hugely consequential didn't happen that long ago, and it was the overturn of, of Roe versus Wade. And the argument from the conservative perspective was, well, this should be a state rights issue. How are they going to be able to, and, and maybe you can tell me that they are not related at all, but how can you say states' rights in this situation but not states' rights in another situation? Well, I think what the what the, the, the majority in the Dobbs case would say is we're just interpreting the U.S. Constitution. The U.S. Constitution doesn't mention abortion. Therefore, it's left up to the people's elected representatives. Now, that actually doesn't have to be state representatives. The Supreme Court didn't preclude the possibility that Congress would enact legislation uh, saying that abortion is legal in, or in all circumstances or some circumstances or not. Uh, they just said it's not a matter for the courts to decide. This is a very different provision. It's not one that anybody's had much experience with. Uh, it has certainly never been applied in a situ- situation like this. And, and I'd be, uh, I'm not sure I w- want to sort of leap off, uh, you know, say that any particular judicial philosophy ne- necessarily dictates a particular result uh, on this issue at this point. So right now, just to clarify, the Supreme Court has not officially said they're going to take the case or they have? They they have not said they're going to take it. In fact, Donald Trump hasn't hasn't asked the Supreme Court to, to to take the case. He has just said, or his campaign has said that they will be filing at the Supreme Court. And the Colorado Supreme Court gave him until January the fourth to do that. Okay. Okay. That that was going to be my next question: is what's the the deadline to make that happen? And part of it has to do with the primaries, right? Where they there has to be enough time to ensure that his name is on the ballot for the primaries. 
Yeah, that's that's what the Colorado Supreme Court said. Um, but its ruling is on hold. This is important. Its ruling is on hold and will be on hold until the Supreme Court decides what it's going to do with this. As, as long as Donald Trump's campaign uh, appeals by January the, the 4th, the Colorado Supreme Court ruling stays on hold. So he will appear on the primary ballot there. And the real question, which, of course, is the, the most important one, will be, can he appear on the general election ballot? Um, and, and that's something that the Supreme Court decision, if it takes up this case, uh, will will almost certainly decide nationwide. Greg Storr covers the Supreme Court for Bloomberg News. He's with us on KMOX this afternoon. Um, I know the the courts are supposed to be apolitical. At least that's the idea. We're supposed to interpret the law in a a, a strict legal sense. Do you figure, knowing what you know about the current political environment, knowing what you know about uh, the Supreme Court justices, how much do you believe politics, in the way we think of it, is going to factor in the decision? Well, it's hard to say it won't factor in at all. Now, I do want to put a big caveat in here that the the three Trump-appointed justices, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, have not been siding with him for the most part, or or really at all, in his post-election legal battles. So they've had multiple fights over things like turning over documents, and they haven't helped him out there. So so don't put too much into that, um, or don't put too much into this idea that, you know, the Trump-appointed justices are necessarily going to decide with him. Uh, that said, uh, you know, I, I, I'd be you know, very surprised if the most conservative justices uh, vote to uphold this, th- this Colorado Supreme Court ruling. I, I think you could see an ideological split on, on the court. But I, I think kind of overall across the court, I think all nine of them are going to you know, have some reluctance to be getting involved in such a political question, such a, you know, a question that is usually up to the voters. Um, you, you know, this is a kind of step, not, really nothing like it in history, what, what, what the Supreme Court w- w- would be asked to do on behalf of those who want Donald Trump off the ballot. And so I think probably all nine of them will show at least some uh, concern about where it would lead if they, they take that step. What were the consequences, if any, in, uh, after the Supreme Court decided on Bush v. Gore? And the consequences meaning the public's faith in the court. Did it damage the court's reputation after Bush v. Gore? It, it certainly did take a hit, and of course, it took a hit um, much more with people who didn't like the court's ruling than than people who who you know supported George W. Bush. Um, it, it, that was a case where the Supreme Court, you know, at least arguably, could have stayed out of it and let let the the, the process play out and uh, in the way that the Constitution had has uh, laid out for disputed elections. Um, it, it did take a hit. And of course, the court has been taking a hit in terms of reputation a lot over the the past few years, uh, both because of the way new justices have have gotten confirmed to the court and the very, very conservative rulings we've had from the court. This has been um, a time, though, that the attitude toward the Supreme Court in this country has been worst is is for as long as I can remember. And and like you said, it did take a hit, uh, you know, 23 years ago. But this is a they're in a much worse position now in terms of public opinion, aren't they? 
Yeah, that's that's absolutely the case. And again, it's it's you know mostly among Democrats and or, or, or much more among Democrats and and folks who don't like some of the Supreme Court's recent rulings, including the abortion one being the biggest one, uh, gun rights restrictions on the power of of federal agencies, a lot of controversial stuff they've been doing, and then you add into it all the ethics controversies. One one thing I would would like to say, just because it, it may bear on this idea of whether the you know how well the public accepts what the Supreme Court does. The court has a second really important Donald Trump case that's on its doorstep. It is this issue of whether he's immune criminally from the, the uh, charges stemming from his efforts to overturn the election. Um, the court this week could agree to take up that issue. And, you know, one could certainly imagine a possibility where they uh, rule in favor of Donald Trump on one case and rule against him in the other case. And, you know, that, that may not be that, that may be a combination of rulings that, you know, has some people saying, OK, this is a court that, um, you know, isn't at least isn't knee jerk one rea- one outcome or another. There have been calls uh, mainly from Democrats uh, for Clarence Thomas to recuse himself from that decision you're talking about. And, you know, with the the new reporting on um, him nearly quitting and there were Republican donors who said, no, we need your conservative voice on the Supreme Court and maybe him receiving gifts with all of these things happening around Clarence Thomas, a would he recuse himself from that decision? And B, what's going to happen with the other stuff? Well, it, it, it's important to note that it is up to the individual justices. Uh, that's been, uh, you know, uh, something that has been criticized that that process. But it is up to Clarence Thomas under everything the court has always done. And so far, he has shown no real signs that he he thinks he needs to recuse. He did recuse from one case involving John Eastman, uh, former lawyer to President Trump, uh, but also a former law clerk to Clarence Thomas, and and perhaps that's a special uh, situation. So, uh, you know, I think we'd have to see a change of heart from Clarence Thomas for him to to actually recuse. Um, in terms of all the other stuff, you, you know, uh, th- th- there's probably not anything that's that's going to come of it. The Constitution gives members of the Supreme Court life tenure. Uh, they can be impeached. Uh, we are uh, very, very far from the point where Clarence Thomas could actually be impeached, uh, in part because this, like so many other things, is a partisan or an issue that divides folks along party lines, and you would need Republican support to make that happen. Uh, so it, it will undoubtedly there will continue to be criticism. Yes, there are call have already been calls for him to recuse himself. Uh, it, it's hard to see what at this point would shift the dynamic and, and prompt Clarence Thomas to recuse or anything substantive to to happen to him as a consequence of those ethical issues. Uh, speaking back to, go to the Colorado Supreme Court, the decision they made that Trump is ineligible for the ballot. Do you see many other states taking this route as well? And if they do, does that change the dynamic at all for the consideration of the Supreme Court? So they, they might, and there is some other litigation out there. The Colorado case was always the farthest along in the process. Um, I'm not sure how much it matters. It certainly, uh, it, well, I should say, almost certainly won't matter at all if the Supreme Court agrees to, to take up the, the Trump campaign's appeal of the Colorado ruling, because as I suggested earlier, that will be a national ruling, and that will very likely decide once and for all whether Donald Trump can be on the ballot. So we will all be intensely watching that um, th- that 
case and, um, you, you know, uh, what other states might do is sort of a footnote to that. Greg, we appreciate the information. We will be checking back in with you on your continued reporting. Thank you for talking with us today. My pleasure. That is Greg Storr, Bloomberg News, Supreme Court reporter, also a St. Louisan. He is a native of St. Louis, joining us here on KMOX. The number to visit with us is 314-436-7900, voicemails 314-944-1120. It's Chris and Amy on KMOX. I'm looking at this thing right now. Uh, A woman who is a college student Mm. is, uh, it's a TikTok, and she has posted her grade for the semester that just got posted. So, you know, you get it emailed to you or whatever, or you can go look it up. She received, and I don't know what class this is, an 89.97%. Okay. And she got a B. Yeah, How that's did, a B. No, don't they round up? 89.5, that means you have a no, 90. No, you never round up. Really? I mean, here's the thing. I was a tough grader, but I would never round up. No. Tyler, you were in college recently. Just give us a, the, you round up. Tyler went to uh, mm-hmm. DePaul University in Indiana. That's why you which have is, the point. If you round up, then get rid of the point and just make it a 90. Wh- no, that doesn't make it's any sense. It's 89.97. 89.97. That is a, a, that is effectively a, a 90%. 89.99 is still a B. No. No, on no planet is that true. It's true. But you round don't, up at point five. If you round up, then you don't need points. Though that's exactly why you need the point is to round up. But I mean, you if you don't round it. up, then you, then you don't include the point. That's what I'm saying. No, <laughs> I'm saying if we're not rounding up, then why should I tell you what the point is? That's my point. But they Are did. Are we fighting or green? No, we're fighting. <laughs> You're tell. saying you got to round up. I'm saying you don't round up. Oh my god. You absolutely round up. Everybody rounds up if from 0.5. If you round five. up and it's 89.95, then you just put 90. Um, this texter yeah. from a 314 says, my daughter doesn't say what uh, class. Uh, 89.6, it was an A minus in that See, class. To me, 90, 91 was an A minus. Trying to remember where what 93 was. 94, 95, 96 is mm-hmm. an A. Now, I have 90, seen yeah. some, I guess they would they'd call them curves, that if it was under, it was something like 100 to 93% is considered an A, and then 92 to 84, 85, mm-hmm. just like a really tougher grading scale. Yeah. I've seen that before, which was really stupid. What, what's the point? But Yeah, I think... I think four, five, six, I did an A, 94, 95, 96, maybe 97. Why are you such a tough grader? I have high standards. Yeah, Listen, just, you're not going to go to Stanford and Harvard with soft grading. You got to, don't, let's not get into the Harvard thing. I'm going to talk about something else. I'll pick a different school. You're not going to get into your no, best Harvard schools. is still prestigious. I don't give a still crap what's going on now. It's still prestigious. 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 You could say that's whatever how, you that's want. How they, that's how it sounds. Um, a little bit more pretentious is you're like, yes, it's one of the most prestigious schools. Yes. It's yeah. And you would pick the pretentious route. Absolutely. For sure. A texter wanted to know on the top 100 greatest television yeah. shows mm-hmm. of all time, if MASH was on it, 
Uh, let me grab it. Do you, do you know if it was? Yes, I do. It but was? I wanted you to guess if it was or not. Well, of course it had to be on there. Well, of course it is, and you are correct. It was number... 24. 24. Right behind, uh, I mentioned this earlier, number 21 was, and now I can't remember. 21 was a good Game one, though. Game of Thrones. Yes, Game of Thrones was 21. I never watched MASH, but my dad did. He loved it, thought it was great. It just great. sounded, it, as a kid, you're having a great Friday or Saturday night with your friends. You're hanging out. You get to stay up late and watch a fun movie. And then you go upstairs, and dad's sitting in the family room. It's kind of dark, and the show is dreary, and you hear the sad music. I tell you what, that, you're right. That opening theme. Wet Blanket yes. City. Oh, yes. my gosh. Oh, my God. The MASH theme Such song. Such a wet Awful. blanket. And, it was, you know, it's on oh. late. So here you are having a good time with your friends. And then. And it's supposed to be a comedy. No. It's supposed to be a comedy. Mm-mm. And they start it by putting you to sleep. Yeah, if you ever heard the lyrics from that, you'd really be depressed. There's lyrics? Yeah. yeah if you watch the movie. Uh, the, they have the lyrics in the in the song. The movie it's is called not Suicide a comedy. Is painless. Yeah. Okay. The oh movie's not gosh. a comedy, right? Yeah. No, it's a comedy. The movie is. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. There's funny stuff in there. It, it's, it's a little combination. There's some serious parts in, but there's it's okay. funny too. Do you know which war it's about? <laughs> <laughs> is it Vietnam? <laughs> no, it's Korea. Korea. Is the Korean War? Okay. <laughs> I know. Sorry. I didn't mean to put you on I the spot. I didn't watch it. I don't know. I didn't did watch I. it. And nothing makes you feel stupider than when you get the wrong war for MASH and all the dads and grandpas look at you like, you idiot. I didn't watch it. Why would I? That's exactly right. I was four. I just said it was old green when, uniforms. Right. And I, you're a kid and, and it's the on show, at night. It's from the 70s, right? Yeah. So MASH you, is from the 70s. I wasn't even alive. So I was watching. I wasn't watching. I would run into reruns. Um, I thought it was Vietnam my whole life until I worked with Charlie and Chris Myhill. Yeah, I'm, so did I. And then they got mad at me. And I fully understand because we do this. This is somewhat hypocritical of us because we say, hey, it's totally okay to know about things that happened before you were born. Yeah. Because it seems like, and maybe this is just an old person thing to say, it seems like a lot of younger people don't. Yeah. More so than they didn't used to, but maybe I'm wrong about that. More maybe it's my so perception than they didn't used to? Than they didn't used to know. Than they didn't used to. Just, you know what I'm saying. I think so. Yeah. So. I've never written that. Have you ever written that? It's more than they didn't used to. Yeah. They know uh, less than they used to know. But they didn't know a lot then either. (laughs) That's like Mitch Hedberg. I used to do drugs. Hey, the Dave. I still do, but I used to, too. (laughs) Doing them right now. All right. The Dave Glover show is next. Uh, So are Amy and me. We're here for an hour. Everything's on the Odyssey app. Go get it. KMOX.com. We'll be back tomorrow at 10 o'clock. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. 
Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.